You are listening to the Father's House podcast located in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, visit thefathershouseky.com. Well, good morning. You may be seated. Thank you so much. It's such an honor. You know, isn't it wonderful that we know that we have an unction from the Holy One and we know all things? And when people get up here and they're uncomfortable, that God can use them. And what an amazing opportunity that we have to flow with the Holy Spirit and not from our own ability. I don't want to do my own ability anymore. Anybody with me? Amen. Well, my name is Faith Harrelson, and I'm so honored that God would even use me in this capacity. Um, I wanted to remind you all, too, that uh, last night I was preparing, and that scripture, don't forget the assembly of other believers, of a body of believers. And so if you haven't signed up for small groups yet, it is a great opportunity for you to get connected. And what I mean by that is building relationships, getting time together to eat together, We see what Jesus modeled to us. We can do the same together. And I looked up that scripture. It's in Hebrews 10, verses 23 to 25, and I read it in the Passion Translation. I'm going to go ahead and read it to you today. It's a little not about my topic today, but I really wanted to encourage you to get connected in a group today, and they are out in the foyer at a table where you can sign up. But it says, So now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. And you might have come in here and you said, I've been hurt. I don't want to open myself up to someone. I have been there before. And I know that being on an island by myself is not healthy. And if you are there, it says, here it is. Here's your answer. It says, come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. So if you are one of those people, and I'm speaking directly to your heart, I just urge you to get connected. It's so important to not be on an island by yourself. So we're going to have amazing leaders. There's going to be four couples that are going to be hosting small groups, and you're going to come together and just be encouraged. You're going to speak about the word. You're going to get faith in your heart. You're going to get fed, and you're going to have fellowship. Everybody say faith, Faith. food, fellowship. Amen. That's all you need, and it's going to be a really good time. So sign up in the lobby. Um, I want to, for us to just stretch our hands out, we're going to pray for Pastor Mike and Maddie. We just thank you, God. What an amazing, what amazing leaders they are for us, God. So we thank you for their pause, their salah, their rest. I thank you, Father, that you're encouraging them. You're filling them up to overflowing to be able to come and pour out. And God, we thank you for what you're doing in this house. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. 
Amen. So if you're visiting here for the first time, we're so glad to have you. I'm not normally up here, so if you don't like what I say today, come back next week and you'll hear Pastor Mike speak, and you'll be encouraged either way. Um, But do give us three times uh, just to try out, to see if it's where God has you, and if God's speaking to you, we are so glad you're here. Pastor Mike's been speaking about rest. We did a reset at the beginning of the year. We did a pause, and he talked about really, truly resting, and I really resonate resonated with that. My husband and I a couple years ago experienced true rest and it was very uncomfortable. Everybody say uncomfortable. Yeah, I have a number one personality and that's a perfectionist. It's an achieving personality and if I am lull and not doing anything, I feel very dissatisfied and I think a lot of Americans feel that way and true rest is true trust and knowing that God has control over our life. So my husband and I, what we did was we heard from the Lord that we needed to move to Florida. And it was really hard on my husband. He's been here his whole life. He left everything he ever knew. And he said, if our house sells very quickly, Faith, then I will go. It sold in 12 hours. (laughs) And we knew that we were supposed to go. And so we moved to Florida. We didn't know but one family We had a new church we were going to, a new job. We both got jobs, and we picked up everything that we had, and we moved to Florida. And when we got down there, within three days, I was really sick to my stomach. And I said, Lord, what is this feeling? He says, I don't want you to continue with the job that you came here for. Now, the job that I had was going to be the one that held all of our insurance. And we all know how important insurance is to have. It's kind of like the staple for everything that your family is going to walk through. And um, I was like, I can't tell my husband. He's going to kill me. First of all, I got him out of the box, right? We moved everything we had to Florida. And I can't tell him that I am going to quit my job. And I mustered up the courage, and I went to him, and I said, I really believe I'm supposed to quit my job. And I was in tears. I was just, I felt like a failure, to be honest. I felt like I failed him. I failed our family. I failed the Lord. I I began to question, Lord, did we really hear from you? And he looked at me, and he said, I'm supposed to quit my job, too. I said, what? you got to be kidding me. We both looked at each other, and we knew God was calling us to a new season a true season of trusting him, the true season of rest. And it was super uncomfortable. I really felt like I was in a bubble for a long time. And I remember three months into it, I called my friend and I said, I feel like I have no purpose. I feel like I'm in a bubble. I go to the pool. I hang out with my daughter. She said, Faith, you know, you really should just enjoy it. And I didn't know how to truly just pause and be still before the Lord. And the Lord took us on a journey, and it was really beautiful. And it says in Philippians 1.6, it says, For I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. So in that time of rest, of salah, of true pause, the Lord said, I'm going to take you back, faith, to the beginning to the beginning of when you first got saved and you first began to know me when you were adopted into my family. And ooh, that resonated with me. And when Pastor Mike called me on Thursday and he was like, I really believe you're supposed to speak today or speaks on Sunday. And I 
all of a sudden went back to the perfectionist achieving personality. I thought, okay, Lord, you, you've showed me all these things in the last few weeks. I have a couple of sermons. And he said, no, 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 no. I don't want you to operate that way again, remember? So it's a constant shift that we are having to do. I believe it's really a daily surrender of the pause to really hear from the Lord and what he's wanting to say and truly rest and not take control. Because as Americans, we want control over things that we're doing in our life. And so when Pastor Mike called me and I began to let my mind wander and the Lord said, no, 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 I turned on worship music and he said, I want you to take them back to the beginning. And I was like, what do you mean by that, Lord? And he said, remember when I took you back to the beginning, Faith? I said, oh, yeah, back to the beginning. Back to when we've been adopted into the family of God. And that's what I really want to speak on today, the forever family, God's forever family that we've been called into. And forever family, when I heard this word, I thought, wow, it's a belonging. And maybe you walked in here today and you said, Faith, I, I don't feel like I belong. Maybe you're in here and thinking, yeah, I've been a part of God's family before, but I've been walking away from the Lord. Or maybe you just don't even know what it means to belong in a family of God or in a family in general. Maybe your family's broken and you don't know what it means to belong well, today I want to share with you what it's like to belong to God's forever family. And when I say forever family, my husband and I, 11 years ago, we began to foster children. And when I heard the words forever family, I didn't know really truly what that meant. But our first placement was sweet Elena and Chloe. And in the fostering world or adoption world, when they say forever family, children either have parents who can't take care of them or love them, let me tell you this, love them so much that they want what's better for their children. And they adopt them into a family that loves and can care for them the way God intended to care for them. It's not that they didn't love them, I think we mess up, and, and let, me, let me let you hear God's heart on this, is that the person who decides to adopt their child is such a brave, compassionate one that has given up their child and given it life and given it the promise of life. And what a beautiful, beautiful gift, a beautiful family. And when we were told about forever family, so children come in and their parents aren't able to give them a loving home, they place them in the fostering system or they've lost their children and are not able to get them back, a forever family would give them a new identity, a new home, new ways of learning, new boundaries, maybe unlearning some things that they have learned the incorrect way. And so we started the fostering journey. Can I just be a storyteller today a little bit? I'm going to give you the word. I promise you'll walk away and you'll know what God says about you and his forever family. But the Lord told me to tell you some stories of our journey that will help build your faith for what God's promise is over your life. So can you just raise your hand? Are you guys okay if I tell some stories today? Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so 
Elena and Chloe, we got a call, our first foster placement, and they had fallen from the ceiling of their house and locked in a room for many days, mold in their sippy cups, and the parents were not deemed to raise their children, and they said, we need a forever family for them. I called Steve, and he said yes, and we got them home, and we had them for three months. Got a call in between that time for a baby that was in the NICU that I went and nursed to health that she needed her forever home. So we had three babies, three and under. I'd line them all up and diaper change them all at the same time. Then we got another call because I was like, I don't know if they say they're going to be a forever family, but what if the parents change their mind? What if they work on their plan? And then we got a call for a little boy four months old, and they said, we've checked everywhere. There are no family members. He's been in the foster care system. They do not want to take him. Can you open your home up to baby Aiden? And I said, yes, of course. Why not? And so I had four babies, and I got a call from the social worker, and she said, well, since you are starting starting back to work and you can't provide transportation three days a week to Jasper, which was an hour away, then those babies, we're going to have to find another foster home for them. What a heartbreaking for the children and for us of first placement, loving them like they're our own, and then in two hours later, I had to have everything packed and in bags and get them on the road to another foster family. That's painful. And over time, God showed us that we were sowing seeds of love into these kids and that it doesn't matter whether we were the forever family or not for them, we were sowing seeds of love into their life. And then I got a call after all three of those babies were sent to another foster family. That foster family adopted and was their forever home. Baby Aiden, who was four months old, a second to a third to a fourth to a fifth aunt comes out of the woodwork and says, I'm related and I want to raise baby Aiden. And all of in a matter of days, four children were taken out and they were no longer our forever family. And that was really painful. So my husband and I began to say, is this really what we want to do? Because this is really hard. So we began adopting embryos, and we had an embryo adoption where we had nine embryos, and we met the family, and it was an adoption, an embryo adoption, they called it, and we lost baby after baby after baby. And I thought for sure that was our forever family. I'm like, nine embryos, we can have nine babies. So I'm going to, oh, there we go. So um, we lost those babies, and it was so heartbreaking for us. And then we decided to foster again. And we came back, and we said, okay, let's, we just knew by the Lord, the Lord said, we want, I want you to foster again. And my friend Lori, who's here today, she was fostering these two little girls, and she had had them for a bit and got them healthy. Praise God for foster families. If you are here and you are fostering, it is a gift. You are a gift to this world. And all of us aren't called to foster, and that's okay. But if you know a foster family, you can help them out, make them a meal, get them a gift card, whatever. Don't ask them what they need because they have no idea what they need. Just give them a gift card or make them a meal. But Lori began to transition those children into our home as a forever family. And I thought, this is it. This is our forever family. We had those girls for 18 months. And we just 
Love that birth mama. She had such a hard time, but she worked on her plan. And at one point, they were getting ready to terminate her rights. But God changed our hearts. And he said, I have a different way of bringing your family to you, Faith. But I'm saying all of these things because in our world system, if we look at what is in front of us, nothing is forever. Nothing is promised to us. But if we look at God's system, God is forever. He is forever. God's family. He has set us up to be adopted into his family. And you know what's so beautiful about being adopted into his family? We gain these three things today. So if you're taking notes, you want to write these three things down. Number one, we gain a new identity Number two, we gain new opportunities. And number three, we gain new inheritance and blessings. So number one, we have a new identity. And I'm going to call that the spirit of sonship as we look at that in scripture. And you can turn with me. And under new identity... The first thing I want you to write down is we're chosen. It says in Ephesians 1, verse 4 through 6 in the Passion Translation, it says, And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself, even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for you. And his unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. So when we ask Jesus into our hearts, we're saying, yes, we want to come into the forever family. It says that we create a union in this verse, and that's so beautiful. I looked that up, and I was like, ooh, that's so good, a union. You know, we have man and wife, and they come, and they become one, and they're unified as one. And it says, union is the act of joining two things or parties into one. And I automatically began to think like, okay, if I'm one with him, that scripture, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of me. So whatever he has access to, I have access to too. And to talk about we were chosen, so uh, a couple of years down the road, uh, Steve and I decided that we were called to adopt. Like after we wanted a baby. And I finally convinced my husband of the financial journey of going through adoption. It is a long road. And then you've set up your profile and you just wait to be picked. So lots of time. It can take up to three years to get picked. And Steve and I were getting old. I mean, I think he was... 40 and I was getting to be like 36 and he said I don't want to be walking down the aisle as a grandfather to my daughter walking her down the aisle to get married and he I said okay so we need to make this decision and um, I will never forget 
God is so beautiful in the way he orchestrates the plan. The plan is never, I don't know about you, but for me, it's never been what I thought it was going to look like. I thought we'd get married. I had these prophetic words. I was going to have four babies under my feet. I was going to be a mama to many children, which it ended up being, but it didn't look anything like it looked in the natural. But God was transforming me. And that's what happens most of the time. Life happens, but we can choose to let it transform us or suck the life out of us. And there were many times that I did feel like life was sucking out of us. Many times. I'll be honest. I had lots of breakdowns. I had lots of island moments. I'm not telling anybody about what I'm feeling right now. I'm going to faith this journey out. And that was the worst idea of my life that I ever had. And I finally learned that I needed people around me. And so when Steve and I began the adoption journey, I called in people from the north and the south, from the east and from the west, and I said, I need you on my journey with me so we're not lonely and we need prayer and we need you to support us. It's okay to ask for help. And um, God was so good, we got matched through a communication with our friends, and they said, my friend is actually pregnant, and she's looking for somebody to adopt her baby, and it ended up being her sister. And God so beautifully, miraculously did what he did, and I'll never forget the 48 hours of being in the hospital. Whew, talk about intensive anxiety happening at any moment. 48 hours after baby is born, it's different in states. That birth mom could change her mind just like that. Steve and I had already been in Florida a couple weeks, and I was already anxious. And But I knew, I knew God's promise was real, and I knew that I could trust him. After going through what we had been through, I knew that he had the right baby for us, or babies. And we had developed a beautiful relationship with this family. And we knew that they were part of our forever family. And we, when Olivia was born, I let her birth mother just hold her the whole time. Just love on her, grieve her loss, be with them, eat with them. We snuggled up together in the hospital room together. Uh, I sat with her and talked with her and just let her hold Olivia and just be with her. And after the 48 hours went by, we, they went into a room and they signed off their rights and we were waiting anxiously in the other room, like what if they changed their mind? They had the baby in the other room. And at that very moment, they came in and we all held each other and cried. And we had a forever family. It was finally time. We signed paperwork. Her name became part of our family story. She had a new identity. But yet, part of her life and her family was part of our family now. And God did it so beautifully because he chose us. They chose us and he chose us. So we're chosen. Number two, underneath we have a new identity is we're free. Galatians 4, verse 6 through 7, and the New Living Translation says, And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father, that you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So what's so beautiful when you're adopted into the family of God, 
The old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. A new life. He says that if you accept Jesus in, he wipes away the, east, the sins as far as the east is from the west. It doesn't matter what your old family looked like. It doesn't matter what your old life looked like. You have become a new creation in Christ. And that in itself is beautiful. It doesn't matter what you've done. If you came into this place today and you're the one that's saying, I've had so much pain, I don't even know if God is really real. God is real and he wants to do a new thing in your heart. And maybe you've walked away from him. Today, he's saying, will you come back? Will you trust me again? Will you rest and know that I have freed you? You are free in the name of Jesus. You are free. He wants to free you from anxiety and stress and pressure and the trials and the tribulations that we face every day. It also says in Romans 8.15, it says, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. I'm going to also read this in the Passion Translation. It says, You did not receive the spirit of religious duty. You know, like, what do you mean by that faith? I think what that scripture means is like you just come to church on Sunday or you get saved but then you don't walk out what God has asked you or maybe there's a calling of God on your life and you're just religious duty like oh I can come to church but God is really wanting to stretch our capacity and find out what true sonship is and find out what it truly means to be free and try, find out what it truly means to live with his inheritance and live with his blessing on our life. And then it goes on to say, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received, here it is, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God and you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. Oh, that's so good. He is a father to the fatherless. And my family life is pretty broken. Um, my husband's family life, we ha all have broken families. You know, it's not anything that is super healthy. And if you do have a super healthy family, that's amazing. What a blessing. But man, God's family, shoo. He says, I am your beloved father that you will never feel orphaned. I just think about our sweet gift that we've been given recently, Janiah, she's 10, and she lost both of her family members. Her parents died within a couple of months of each other, and I'm teaching her that, yes, that is so sad, you know, that you lost your family, but I'm trying to help her build her strength up again to say that you belong you belong, that God is your forever family and he's going to take care of you. So if you've lost a family member or a, a parent and it's been so hard for you, God is saying over you today that you will never feel orphaned for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. 
The third thing underneath there is we're clean. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And then number four, it says we're named. It says the beloved And I was like, really, Lord, what does that really mean? The beloved loved one is what I always thought it meant. And I got to looking and it says, one who is loved dearly, the use of the word beloved implies more than human affection. It suggests an esteem for others that comes from recognizing their worth as children of God. Ooh, that's good. These addressed were more than friends. They were brothers and sisters in Christ, and they were very highly valued. And then it goes on to say in 1 John 3, verses 1 through 2, it says, Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he's lavished on us. He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. And it says, The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is that they don't recognize him. Beloved, we are God's children right now. However, it's not apparent what we will become, but we do know that when it's finally made visible, we will be just like him, for we truly see him as he truly is. And when we engage with him, we mirror him. And, you know, we take on his nature. So as we're adopted into the family of God, we have a new heart, a new spirit, a clean heart that I had said. And so when we begin to renew our heart, our mind, and renew our heart with the word of God, we begin to take on his nature. And so when that happens, we're engaging with him and we mirror him. And even though my, our daughter is adopted, when she was adopted into our family, she began to mirror what Steve and I do as she and us, we engaged with each other. And she'll say some of the funniest things. And I'm like, oh, that's me speaking. And you all will know if you have children, you hear your voice in your children sometimes, right? It comes forth because they've engaged with you. They know how you respond. They know how you react. They know all the words you're going to say. And even Janiah, who's been with us a few months, is beginning to take on my husband's sarcasm very well. And I don't really care for that as much, but they're quite comical at the dinner table at night. And it's pretty amazing just within a few months they can take upon them what they say, what they do, and how they respond and react to us. The same thing with the family of God. When we become part of his forever family, we begin to respond like he does if we engage with him. The same goes for who your circle of friends are and who you're around. You begin to act like them. And that's why it's so important that you get in a small group and you get around people that believe the same way that you believe or you get with friends that believe the same way that you believe so that when something happens, you don't react but you respond and engage with the Father and mirror what he says and how to respond in the way that he would respond. Amen? Amen. So the second thing, so the first thing that we had was we have a new identity. Number two, the second thing is we have new opportunity. 
And we have lots of opportunities in the family of God. God God really has all his promises, it says in his word, are yes and amen. We have the promise of healing. We have the promise of freedom. We have the promise of deliverance. We have the promise of joy and hope and faith. I mean, all of these promises that God says are yes and amen. But what I really want to focus on are three things that will help us become better sons and daughters of the Most High God. So the first thing under we have a new opportunity is that we have the opportunity to please God, to please him. Ephesians 2.10, it says we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined, again the union, joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. So we have the opportunity to please God. The second thing that we have the opportunity for is to be holy. And this can sometimes be a hard thing because of the world that we live in, to be holy. But when we become more in love with our Father, when we become to know what he says about us, that we are his beloved, that we are his children, that he has adopted us out of the old, out of the, the yuck, the miry clay, and he's provided a new vessel. He, he, he's done a new thing in your heart. He's, become, he's helping you become what he's created you to be from the very beginning of time. That when we get a hold of that and get a revelation of that, then to be holy is what we should long to be after and be seeking after is to be holy. Because what happens, it says when we be holy, it says Hebrews 12.10, it says... Um, I'm sorry, in verse, I'm going to skip over that. I'm going to go to 1 John 3, 3. It says, and all who focus their hope on him will always be purifying themselves just as Jesus is pure. So when we focus on being holy, he purifies us. He cleans us out. It's like a filter over our mouth, a filter over our mind, a filter over our hearts. Wow, that just came to me. I think about like the, I used to have this um, water that we put in our refrigerator and it had a filter in it. I think about a humidifier and the filter, it gets so dirty, the water that flushes through. But God is wanting to filter out all of the junk that in your mind that you're processing. The Bible says to cast down every thought or imagination that exalts itself above God. He's wanting you to renew your mind by the word of God. He's wanting your heart He's wanting your heart. He wants to clean it out. So he's wanting you to seek after him to be holy. And it says in Hebrews 12, 10, our parents corrected us for the short time of our childhood as it seemed good to them, but God corrects us throughout our life for our own good, giving us an invitation to share his holiness. And sometimes correction's not fun. I correct my daughter all the time, probably about 20 times a day, redirecting, redirecting, redirecting. And I feel like that what the Lord does in my life a lot, redirect, redirect, redirect. I actually pushed, a, we, we created a reset button at, at our house the other day because I was having such a hard time myself being holy. It's hard to parent. It's hard. It's okay to say it's hard to parent because it's hard to parent. We set a reset button, and I said, I think you should push the reset button today, and I'm going to push the reset button too. We pushed it, and I said, Lord, renew my mind. Lord, give me patience. Lord, I want to be more like you. I, wanna, I want my daughter 
to not have to go through what I went through to understand what true purity is and holiness is. Like, let me get a hold of it so that I can model, so she can engage, so she knows what it's like to be a daughter of the Most High God and what she has access to as a child of the living God. And then the, the third thing under we have a new opportunity is we have a new opportunity to be mature. So we please God, we're holy, and we have an opportunity to be more mature. It says in John 1, verses 12 through 13, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Because of this spiritual birth, we are to grow and become mature in our spiritual life. It is a necessity that we grow. It's so important. I don't want to stay stale. I don't want to ever come to the place where I'm, I'm not growing. And I believe that you guys came because you're hungry and you're ready to grow. And you're ready for more. And God, you know, he, if you're faithful in the little, he'll give you much. God is saying, will you mature? Will you stretch capacity to grow so that I can give you more? And I'm ready for more. I'm ready to see this city on fire for God. I'm ready to see families restored. I'm ready to see children on, at the altar on fire for God. Give us a revival, Lord. Send us revival. But it's going to come with purity, with honesty, heart, honest hearts, and it's going to have to come with maturity. We have to mature to go from glory to glory to glory. And that comes through learning about what we have with the forever family. And the third and final thing is that we have new blessings and inheritance. And I looked up the Greek word for adoption, and it means to place as a son within a family with full family privileges as an adult member of the family. I got to thinking about that, like, wow, full family privileges. I am so excited that when I begin to think of all that God, that we have access to in his word, those full family privileges, I begin to think like Olivia, my four-year-old, she was adopted, but she has something beautiful because we have an open adoption and her Italian family on her birth father's side they are part of our family. And what's so beautiful is she has full privileges to speak to them at any time. She has full privileges to be the Italian girl that she is because I'm learning about her culture and what she has in her heritage. What's so beautiful is that she has an open communication and dialogue with her birth mother that she, she knows who she is because she has access to all of that. Isn't that so beautiful? Like, wow, full access, full privileges. And that's the world system. But you, being adopted into the family of God, you have full access, full privileges to all that God has. His world is not broken. His world is not 
it's, it's not closed off. It's not in a box. He has so many things that we have only just experienced the cuff of what God has for us. And when you come in, it says, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. It says in Romans 8, verses 14 through 17, it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. So the fear that Latricia was sharing about, it says it right there, so that you do not have to live in the fear anymore because you have been adopted into the family of God. The spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, and they put this in there so it's like helping you to know that these are joining these scriptures, these verses together. So now that you're heirs, now that you're God's child, now if we're God's children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And the old life has no more rights. It's canceled. The past is canceled. Whatever you've done in the old life, it's gone. When you accept Jesus into your heart, it says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. When you ask Jesus into your heart, he wipes away everything that you've ever done that's wrong. You have a new day, a new fresh start, a new spirit. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's what he does. Because it says, that which Christ inherits, we also inherit. Since Christ was raised to life and glory, so we also inherit that life and glory. Man, that's so good. So being a part of God's forever family, you gain the three things. So if you walk away with anything today, you walk away with knowing that you have been adopted into the family of God. That God has known about you since birth. Before time even. It says before creation, God knew us. He knew you were going to be born. He knew what you were going to look like. He knew what you were going to act like. He knew what you were going to talk like. And he's been calling you into his family. He wants you. He longs for you. He calls you the beloved. You are his child. But it's up to us to choose. Will we... Do we want a new identity? Because I think sometimes it's like, oh, I like my old way better. I want to stay here. It's comfortable. I can figure it out on my own. I like control. That would be super easy to stay in that. But God is asking us, will we truly get revelation that we are adopted? Will we truly say, Lord, I do want more of you and less of me? I want you to think about that today. Is there anything that maybe you, maybe you are saved? You've been part of God's family for so long, but you're thinking, oh, I, I probably need to give him this so that I can have the full privilege of all that he wants to do in my life. That I can have full access to all that he is going to contribute and deposit into my lap. Because if we're holding on to this, it's hard for God 
to give us this because I can't hold what he wants to give me. I feel like the Lord just showed me that. If we are holding on to something and he's been wanting to try to get something to you, our hands are already occupied and aren't able to be open to receive what he has for you. So if that is something that's speaking to your heart right now, God is wanting to do a new thing in you. He's wanting to show you what it's like to have full access, to fully trust, to fully rest in his forever family. If the worship team could come on up, um, I'm going to go into a time of prayer towards the end. But if you've gained anything, when you are adopted into the family of God, you gain a new identity, a new name, new opportunities, new inheritance and blessings. And I just want to end on this note. Last night we were at the dinner table and I was asking my family, like, what do you think I should open up as my attention grabber? And Janiah was leaning in. She was really intrigued. She wanted to be a part of the discussion. And she said, well, what do you mean? What are you talking about tomorrow? And I began to share what I was talking on. And you could tell her eyes were kind of tearing up because she could relate because she doesn't belong somewhere right now. She belongs with us, but we're not considered her forever family yet, maybe. But she looked at me and you could tell her, her mind was spinning because she lost her parents. And she wanted to know what it's like to belong to a forever family. She wants a new identity. She wants new opportunity. She wants the new privileges. And we're giving them to her. It's really a beautiful thing. And she began to give me all these cool ideas. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. And it began to really touch my heart for the love that God has for us as we are adopted into his family and what he's longing for us to get a hold of and get revelation of that he loves us so much that he gave his only son his only son that he gave that he died on the cross and he was buried and on the third day he arose again to become alive so that we can live with the promise of life eternal life that's what he wants for you and you've walked in here today and maybe you say I don't have the promise of eternal life I don't know what it's like to be in the family of God I've never ever lived for God before I've never ever walked with God before I've never asked Jesus into my heart maybe you're in here today and you have been part of the family you don't feel like part of the family right now because things haven't been going your way. You've been up against a battle and you're like, God, where are you? I thought I was your son. I thought I was your daughter. He's been there all along, but you've given up. He wants you to come home and to trust him, to sit at his table and eat with him and dine with him and be in his presence because he's got more for you. And he's just asking, will you rest and trust me and know that I've got your life figured out and planned for if you'll lay down it again for me. Will you trust me? Give me just one opportunity, one more opportunity to show you how faithful I am. 
Give me just one. Oh, that's for somebody right there. Give me just one more opportunity to show you. And I'm going to reveal myself to you in a mighty way. I'm going to give you a revelation of what it looks like to be loved. Because you are the beloved. I hear him saying that over your life. The beloved. The beloved. The loved one. The one he's longing for. The one he runs after. He seeks after. you're one of those mamas or dads or grandparents that are waiting for the prodigal to come home God is chasing them down and he's saying don't you worry they're a part of the forever family don't you worry they're coming home don't you worry you rest knowing that they have an identity in me that they have a life filled of promises, that they have inheritance, that they have full life privileges to what I have access to, they have access to. If our prayer team will come down, man, I'm, I'm telling you, God is doing something right now here in this moment. Don't leave. This is an opportunity for you to just experience God in a new way. God's doing the new thing here and it's not going to look like anything you've ever experienced. Let him take you back to the beginning. Let him take you back to what it was like maybe when you first got saved and you've lost the hunger and thirst for righteousness. You've lost the love. You've lost spending time with him and in the secret place and really hearing what he has to say over your life. And he's wanting to speak to you today. And he's already speaking to you. He's been speaking to you since you walked through this door. He wants to flood over you, wash over you. He wants to invade your space. He wants to invade your space. And he's saying, let me come and invade your space. And it's not in a bad invasive way. It's in the most beautiful way that he does. He comes in. And he's a father to the fatherless. And he loves and he just wants you to sit on his lap and let his love wash over you today. If you will stand with me today. And that little flutter in your heart, that little thing that you're feeling, it's not just a feeling. That little word in your head that said, that's me, that's not just your mind racing, that's the Holy Spirit. What he's doing is he's breathing on what I'm saying because this is what God wanted to say. This is not me. This is what God is saying forth. And he's wanting you to come home. And if that's anybody in this room, we have an amazing prayer team. They want to believe with you. Abba. just sing that song if that's you just make your way down here the Abba Father is wanting to say you belong to him we belong to you Lord we belong to you you belong you're chosen you've been adopted into the family come home saying come home thank you Jesus
opportunity. Maybe you're just here and you just want more revelation of how much he loves you. Man, we can't get enough of that. If you want prayer for anything else, just make your way down here. God, God wants to reveal himself to us. He wants to take off the blinders. He wants to take off the barriers of our heart and open ourselves up. And he wants to rush over you today. Just something new, fresh and anew. If you want something fresh and anew, and you just don't even know what that is, come make your way down and let someone pray over you today.
up and get prayer for it. God's saying, my perfect love casts out all fear in Jesus' name. We're going to just wait here for one more minute. If you need to go, go ahead and you're welcome to dismiss yourselves. Have a great day. If you're still needing prayer, our prayer team is down here waiting. Thank you so much. You guys have a great day. Be blessed.